bleached white in the candlelight. Well, Merlin continued, if you cannot tell me more about your dreams, then I will tell you mine. After all, a dream told is a story, and what better than a story for a rainy night? Arthur settled onto a low stool and gazed up at the old wizard. A story. He'd come seeking companionship and comfort, but a story was better than both. I am ready, he commanded, trying out his new king's voice. If the old man heard the command, he did not respond at once. Indeed, he suddenly seemed far away, in another land, another time. At last, he looked at Arthur and said, I could tell you about any number of dreams, my king. One is about a boy pulling a sword from a stone. Would you like to hear about that? Arthur shook his head. I know that one. I was that boy who pulled a sword from a stone and won a kingdom I knew nothing about. That's the dream that keeps me from sleeping at night. Not that story, Merlin. Let's see, said the old man, stroking his white beard. I once had a dream about dragons. Dragons? Arthur was suddenly eager. I like dragons. And well, you should, my lord, for dragons are the true dreams of kings and magicians. So he began his tale. There once lived in old Wales, beneath the towering mountain the Welsh call Dinas Emrys, a lonely, fatherless boy who was named Emrys after that mountain. Dark-haired he was, and small, with sharp blue eyes and a mouth that rarely smiled, for he too was troubled by dreams he did not understand. They came to him waking and asleep, strange visions of things that were yet to come. One particular vision he saw many times, a stone tower, mighty and tall, that shuddered and shook and then came crashing to the ground. The dream frightened young Emrys, and so he told no one about it. His mother, the daughter of the local Welsh king, was a good woman. As she had no husband, she tried to be both father and mother to young Emrys, though she did not have the wit for it. She had been taught only lute songs and needlework after all, and prayers. Never once had she climbed a tree after bird's eggs, or traveled belly down along the pond's edge after a frog. She had never once caught a butterfly or skinned her knee chasing after a lizard. So Emrys had to invent that part of growing up by himself, and a lonely inventing it proved to be. The other boys in the village teased him for not knowing who his father was. Mother's babe, they cried after him, chasing him from their games of hop on my thumb and beggar thy neighbor. Little apron pull, they called, pushing him away from hide in the barrow and tag. Mother's toy, they shouted, never caring for a minute that he was the son of a princess and grandson of the local king. So Emrys went after birds' eggs and lizards, butterflies and frogs all by himself giving them names both odd and admiring, like Flutterby and Wriggletail. He told himself stories of their creation, which he made up on the spot. 
and chanted strange-sounding prayers because he liked the sound of the rhymes. The visions continued, and each time they frightened him. One time, staring into a pond, he saw dragons locked in a terrible fight. The dream was so real, he almost cried out, but he never told a soul. Now, in Emrys village lived an old man. He was the kind of old man who seemed to have been around forever and knows everything there is to know, from reading and writing to how the birds speak and why leaves turn brown in autumn. And because he liked young Emrys, he taught him all that he knew, reading and writing and how to chant prophecies. Emrys' mother showed him her own practical skills, such as how to play the lute and sew a workmanlike seam. It was this odd combination of...